Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by FreshBooks. I've been using FreshBooks for years and love, love, love how easy it is to use. Go to FreshBooks.com slash Grumpy, enter Grumpy Old Geeks in the How Did You Hear About Us section to get your first month of unrestricted use absolutely free with no credit card required. The following content contains graphic, explicit, and sometimes vulgar language. So lock up your women and hide the fried chicken and welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks episode 178 for September 23rd, 2016. I'm Jason DeFilippo here with my co-host... Um, how long were you working on that intro? (laughs) Wow. About 30 Uh, seconds, maybe. All right. This is Brian Schillmeister. We're hiding the fried chicken. (laughs) Yay. Uh, Apparently, you know, (laughs) there's a line from Farscape way back in the day. Oh, see, there you go. Uh, No Farscape for me. I I was thinking, hide your kids, hide your wife. (laughs) Old internet meme. Okay, moving on. We're old. (laughs) All right. (laughs) A little follow up uh, on the Soylent. That, yes. I, that I was trying out. It is mm-hmm. soylent, but not deadly. I haven't had any problems, any gastrointestinal problems like they used to have. And uh, it's actually a pretty good meal replacement. I'm giving it a thumbs up. Okay, but to be fair, uh, you are not on a pure soylent diet. You Mm-mm. are using it as a replacement for certain meals, et cetera, et cetera. So you're not 100% soylent. No. So that could still be deadly. It could be. I wouldn't want to do it because the the shakes are only 400 calories. So. Right. You know, it's good for like a lunch replacement. I'm not hungry for a couple hours after I have it, and I'm pretty used to the taste. Now, it's not bad, and you can even mix it with a little coffee, and you're good to go. All right. Well, I still will not be having it. So Uh, It's it's cheaper than going to Subway, and I'm all about the cheap right now. (laughs) Subway's pretty damn cheap, especially if you get their sub of the day. Well, this Remember, is this is two bucks. My child was born on Tuna Day or whatever the hell their advertising campaign is. Oh God, <laughs> so horrible! Oh no, it was the wedding was on Tuna Day. It was something vastly inappropriate. Anyways, it was very fun. <laughs> <clears throat> oh man. Okay, so I'm sure you've probably seen the uh, Save the Day campaign that's out there right now. You know, because there's not enough Robert Downey Jr. in my life. Uh, there's not. But I didn't realize this was Joss Whedon's little pet project. Yeah, it was, it's clever. It's cute. I've, you know, I should have known because it's a, it's all the Avengers people and it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. And it will do uh fuck all in terms of swaying anybody's vote. Oh, of course not. But it's still fun to watch. Yeah, it is. It's the best. Uh, it's one of the best campaign videos I've ever seen because it's funny. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, Ch- changing the world one laugh at a time. Very clever. Now, I'm sure if you scan through the comments on the YouTube page, you'll notice a lot of uh, crap. Why, uh, why talk- would I want to look at YouTube comments? I, why would anybody want to? We talked about this a bit. Well, no, it wasn't. Uh, who was it that launched their new system for trying to? I can't remember who it was. We talked about it last week. And Instagram. I said, well, the- Instagram, Instagram is letting Instagram. you put in uh, safe keywords. words. <laughs> safe words. Yeah. Keywords that you would keep out of your thing. And I said, well, what the hell is YouTube doing? Well, they've they've come up with a plan, Jason. They have a plan. I, I've seen their plan. <laughs> Much like the Cylons, who yeah. did not actually have a plan. YouTube does not actually have a plan. Uh, they're rolling out a program called YouTube Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it rewards people for reporting bad comments, writing accurate subtitles, and answering forum questions. They have basically gamified uh, finding trolls, apparently. So they're, I'm sure this will work fantastic. They're crowdsourcing it. That's all. Yeah. They're crowdsourcing yes. it. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen this happen in the past with bulletin boards and uh, mm-hmm. AOL moderators. Remember yep. and remember the class action lawsuit that the AOL moderators filed against Time Warner after they 
did all that work and didn't get paid. We'll see. Yes. We'll see if YouTube or YouTube has figured it out. I'm saying YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, the, this never really works out. I mean, I remember microcosmly running forums and things like that for for bands, and you know, you would get you get different levels. You'd reach different levels when you had made a lot of positive posts, and people had given you positive feedback, and then you'd you'd move up the you know the album charting next thing you know you'd be the next album name would appear next to your name and uh, it all worked well until they'd get in a big old fight with somebody else and then everything would explode and blow up anyways so yep. yeah good luck yeah. good luck you youtube at some point the internet will discover that crowdsourcing really doesn't work very well yeah yeah until so. then we're stuck with crappy youtube comments so just yeah pretty let's much let's go back to just not reading them How's exactly that? that's what i do uh, yeah it works pretty well i don't read any comment anywhere so that's good, except for our own comments. So this is follow up on one of the comments that we got last week when we were asked what we thought about uh, presidential candidate Gary Johnson. Um, I have registered libertarian in the past. I agree with a lot of the platform as it would exist. However, any chance of me ever voting for presidential candidate Gary Johnson has gone out the window because of science. Oh, yeah. What do yeah. You do, what do you do this week? Because after after the last show, I went and was doing some a little bit of research on him, and I found out his vaccination stance, which he has waffled yeah. back and forth on. Yeah, I mean, this guy's a kind of an idiot. I mean, I get libertarian is is government stay the hell out of private you know business and all that, but then there's just stupid. Um, yeah, his take on vaccination is stupid. Uh, this is he's been asking a number of questions about climate change, uh, and he basically has kind of shrugged off the whole thing because you know eventually the sun will encompass the entire earth, anyways. Yeah, looking at the long nihilist view there, Gary. <laughs> yeah, well, for the next billion years, though, Gary, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you idiot. Smoke pot and climb some mountains and try and figure out where Aleppo is on a map. In the news. Yahoo is back in the news today. Big time. Uh, it's 500, now? 500 million uh, accounts have been compromised. Now, there's a message on the uh, on investor.yahoo.net that talks about the release. It's all over the news. Everybody's saying, go change your password. Um, 500 million accounts that everybody forgot they ever even had. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go delete those 37 Yahoo accounts you had from, you know, 1998 <laughs> and get back to work because nobody cares. Pretty much. The That's... annoying thing about this, the, the, the main reason I wanted to bring it up is I'm seeing this... Every in every news article that's out there today, everybody is putting in quotes a state-sponsored attack. I would like to see. Show me your work on that. Yeah, I, I don't buy that either. After after Sony and after them blaming it on on the North Koreans and me having sources inside Sony who said uh, the Obama administration actually made all that shit up and they didn't want to blame North Korea. I think Yahoo is actually coming up with this just to try and say oh well these people are really smart because they're state sponsored but yeah this the, isn't our fault how, how could we possibly have stopped two people in north korea yeah i would i don't care about state sponsored i want to talk about responsible disclosure because this happened in 2014 <laughs> well it's so, yahoo are we expecting anything yeah they probably just figured it out yeah. uh anyway so yeah here's the deal don't use don't use yahoo it's good news for Verizon. Maybe maybe Verizon is the state-sponsored attacker so they can get the stock price down so their bid to take them over as, is actually cheaper. Could be. You know? Can you hear them now? <laughs> can you hack me now? Oh, I like that. Woot. Show title. <laughs> yeah, moving on. 
Moving on. Uh, we've had some problems with our power grid here in Southern California. We tend to do that because we're in the middle of a desert and, uh, you know, rolling power outages when we all try to not die from heat. Um, we've had some serious issues with natural gas leaks as well. We poured a ranch here just recently. I mean, I think that thing was leaking for like three months and people had to be moved. And it, you know, Oh, yeah. Well, longer than was, that. I was, I was there out in the valley when that was going on and a lot of people made a lot of money from all the people that were being displaced and moved into uh, temporary housing. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we, so we got some power issues, but uh, I think uh, Tesla is about to make a lot of money off of this. Um, we've all been really interested and excited about Tesla's home power systems. These the power packs that people were going to you know get for your own house, so you can pretty much get off the grid and you know just live off Elon Musk. And I was like, I started to sing a song a little bit earlier. Here he comes to save the day. Elon Musk is on his way, <laughs> so he's coming to save uh, California, basically. Uh, Southern California Edison is going to be purchasing. Tens of millions of dollars worth of Elon Musk's power packs so we don't have to deal with rolling blackouts and massive spills anymore, in theory. In theory. Until the lithium-ion batteries start exploding. Yeah, I... You know, maybe, yeah, as long as he should start selling batteries to Samsung, I think, as well. So. I think Samsung would actually score a lot of points if they announced some sort of deal with purchasing them from him at this point. Um, <laughs> I, I I mean, that thing is still ongoing. We didn't put it in our news because it's so ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, if you still have one of those, uh, take it in. Take it back. Get one of those shiny just, iPhone 7s. Oh, wait, you yes. can't. <laughs> yeah, you can't. And, you know, they don't really... You don't dunk them in water, regardless of what they say, because reports are coming out about that as well. So, oh, interesting. Well, it's reasonably water resistant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, they made such a brouhaha over getting rid of the headphone jack, so it would be, you know, waterproof. But uh, don't stick your iPhone in a brew. Okay. Or a ha ha. Or <laughs> enough out of you. <laughs> uh, I didn't even mention Bam Bam, but it sounds like you've been drinking already, man. <sighs> You know, having a child is a lot harder than they tell you. I, uh, yeah, I didn't. I, and I don't even have a real kid. I got a dog and I told you how much sleep I got. So I, yeah, you know. I know you keep trying to compare your situation with the dog to an actual human. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I, yeah. the, the, yeah. the consequences are somewhat the same when they're first there. You can't sleep. That's true. So moving on. Amazon says it puts customers first, but it's pricing algorithm doesn't. This is an article from Po Pro Po Publica. We are the ProPublic from ProPublica. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, it's also an article from like 1995. Ah, well, here's the deal. <laughs> it's still about the same. <laughs> no, it is. Uh, that's the thing. Everybody is using Amazon now, and it is. Uh, they're, what's that old term? They're hornswoggling us, Jason. <laughs> Did you get like a 50s dictionary? <laughs> I feel like it. Am I like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Okay. Oh, you're going to start busting out some tomfoolery soon. So. That's right. So this article actually isn't from the 90s. It's from September 20th, 2016. But the deal is they, they did a study of uh, 250 frequently purchased products uh, over several weeks and just compared what the uh, what the search results came back. And, uh, oh, big surprise, Amazon favors themselves and yeah. the people who use Amazon services to ship the products. Oh, color me surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of weirdness going on with Amazon, and and you think you're getting the best price, you may or may not be. The prices change. There's all kinds of plugins now that are starting to come out that are supposedly beat Amazon's bullshit system, so you can get the best price. But who the hell knows what's actually happening? Uh, well, that's right. One of the ones I got recently was the one that goes through and tells you if the reviews for a product are bullshit or not. 
Yeah, I think we talked about that on last week's podcast. Um, does that work? It was a couple of weeks ago. I think it's called Fake Spot. Um, yeah, it's actually pretty good. I mean, it's tied to a web. All this, all the Chrome extension is, is it ties it ties it to a website and sends over the URL and gives you the results. But uh, ah. I tested I tested some different products on it, and it was a pretty interesting uh, swath of results on it. Like you know, you could tell like on the cheapy products that there was a bunch of fake stuff, and yeah, you, you know, you go and find some products that you know are going to have fake reviews, and then you test it against that. Mm-hmm. It it gives you it's a pretty decent bullshit detector. All right. Well, I might have to give that a go, although I don't really ever order enough off Amazon. Well, I do, but I mean, I know what I'm getting. I do my own research anyways, as one should. Yes. Yes. Don't believe don't believe the buy. You know, yes. Put that, that little button. Uh, they want you to just get used to that first search result. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I'm feeling lucky. Just discount immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. Move so on. speaking of moving uh, on and older news, here we are again. Um, this is what we've been discussing for quite a long time, uh, ride-sharing services, Uber, Lyft, etc., and the problems that they are having with uh, big state legislation and not letting them into places because, you know, freedom and fairness. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, this, uh, is, no. this comes from The Verge, and uh, it's the five issues holding Uber and Lyft back. And it's, yes. here are the quick five. A level playing field. Yeah, yep. not, they don't want that. Finger no, I'm pr- okay with that. Fingerprinting drivers. I'm totally okay with okay. that. I, I'm fine. I, yeah. yeah, I'd like to know that the person driving me down to Chuck E. Cheese or whatever is, is not an axe murder. Mm-hmm. That would yep. be nice. Uh, wheelchair down. accessibility is the third. Fair enough. We require it from basically everyone else. Well, they ha- yeah, you have to be able to order a, a Uber or a Lyft that has a has a wheelchair ramp in it, you know, like exactly. you can at cab companies. So, mm. yep. Uh, driver classification. Are mm-hmm. they are they freelance or are they employees? I like that. I'd like to know. I'm sure the drivers would like to know. Yes, and the yep. uh, the argue, argument that keeps continuing over state or local uh, enforcement on legislation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I find this completely unreasonable. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I understand why Uber and Lyft are spending so much money to sue about these things. Here's the <clears> deal: <throat> this isn't going to matter in ten years. Yeah, as soon as they fire all the people, well, yep. Let's see. Uh, number one's out of the window. Number two's out the window. Three will still be around. Number four is out the window, and five will still be around. So we're getting rid of three pretty quickly. Yep. And uh, I just said ten years, but apparently Lyft thinks it'll just be five. Yeah, Lyft is a uh, Lyft says they they put out uh, the CEO put out a big uh, big missive on Medium Medium uh, in which he is charting how he's going to fire all of his employees. Yeah, so he's basically saying by 2025, that will be it. Nobody will own a personal car anymore, which is a complete load of crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's saying that, you know, in general, in, in, at least in major city centers, that will be the end and the death knell of the personal car by 2025. And of course, it will be Lyft that will be providing all the other things. Uh, ask Tesla or Uber how they feel about that. See, so. I, and here's the interesting thing about Lyft. I haven't seen their self-driving car yet. Yeah. I actually watched a video the other day. Chris Messina, the uh, he works for Uber. You know, you, you you know his name because he invented the hashtag, yes. uh, and works for Uber now. And he did. He was posting a live video on Facebook the other night, and I saw it like pop up. And I'm like, oh, let's watch. And it was a video of him in the back of one of Pittsburgh's self-driving cabs. And right. It was kind of interesting to watch because he had the. It was at night, and they had the laptop up, and you could see what the car saw. And it was mm-hmm. it was fairly interesting. Right. I give it that. I'm not going to get in one for a while until <laughs> I get in. Again, I've made my position extremely clear on this. The only way that it will ever work is if it's across the board. It can never be a mixed system. I am not getting in one of these until all the idiot Prius drivers in the area are off the road. See, I'm I, as soon as as soon as they work out the bugs for you know <laughs> another two years, I'm yeah, fine with it. I'll know, give it a shot. 
I, I I said that about the internet twenty years ago. As soon as they work out the bugs, <laughs> well, we we never work out all the bugs. We just add new ones. That's true. It's a, Speaking uh, of which, why don't you go roll right into your article about Tesla, which is all about working out bugs and new bugs. So yes, <laughs> Tesla version eight is coming out. Um, <laughs> this time they got it. Well, here's you know they, they have new features. Uh, we've got a couple. I'm not even going to go through all of them. Yeah, right. new UX, new maps, uh, voice controls are better. Their autopilot is getting better. They're using more radar, um, yep. autopilot, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the interesting one with the radar is that the, it'll be able to tell if a car in front of you, if there's an accident in front of the car in front of you that you can't even physically see yet, which is kind of neat. Awesome. But um, yeah, no. See, my brother's my brother ordered one of those... Uh, those new ones that comes out in like seven years when they finally get production ramped up. Right. So I'll get to finally ride in one when he gets his, but uh, hopefully they'll have the bugs out by then. Very uh, cool. Yeah. The best one though is uh, the, uh, and I, I put, I broke this one out because the, the title of the article is just awesome. Tesla just added a feature specifically for horrible people. <laughs> And this is the cabin overheat feature. So if you're, you know, if you lock your kid or your dog in the car, it will yeah. automatically turn the AC on for you. And you can set, you can't set it yet, but in the, in a future update, in probably 8.1, it will ha- be, let you set a minimum and maximum cabin temperature. So it will always be in that range. Uh, I have a, I, I don't know how I feel about this. I, I, how are we supposed to, we're, we're starting to make the world so easy for stupid people. How are we supposed to identify them and, and uh, marginalize them anymore? Well, speak to them and you can generally tell. Mm. Mm. I like the little subheading. What an awesome excuse for leaving your kids in the car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's another, I, I was, uh, actually, this doesn't really hold water either. I'm going to say you have to be somewhat smart to be able to afford a Tesla because they're so damn expensive. But I've met a lot of really rich, dumb people. Yeah, I was about to say I know a lot of rich, stupid people. Yeah, that doesn't really. Um, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of holding water, Jason. <laughs> okay. See what I did there? Yeah, I did. Nearly a quarter of the city of Amsterdam is covered by water, and there are more than 100 kilometers of canals winding their way through the city. So self-driving cars, not really that great or useful in uh, in Amsterdam. Um, but thankfully, we now are going to have self-driving boats. Mm-hmm. The program has the delightfully straightforward name of Rowboat. Which is awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. And is being carried out by researchers from MIT and two Dutch universities. Um, they have over 25 million euros in funding for the work and uh, aim to have the first prototype robo-boats floating on Amsterdam's canals by 2017. I'm cool with this. Give I'm it a cool shot. With it too. Yeah, why not? I, I wouldn't want to be like, you know, kayaking around one, but yeah, go for it. Yeah, they don't seem to be that big, but yeah, the, the kayak is the the outlier in this. I don't know if you can <laughs> kayak in the, the Amsterdam canals. I've never been, so I don't know. You've never been to Amsterdam? I've never been to Amsterdam. Mm. I once thought I probably saw about 35 kayaks floating in different colors. Oh, good times. Maybe, you, maybe you just went to the coffee shop and had must, one of those brownies. Must have been that brownie I had. Now, the interesting thing that came out of this article was the Underworlds Project. I, mm. I, I'd never heard of this, and they linked to it in the in the article. And... Uh, it's the it's the um, it's a uh, what are they, the sensors and sewer systems to try and track diseases in urban environments. Yes, which is SSP. cool. Smart shit tech. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pooptacular. Anyway, it's uh, it comes out of MIT. It's got a really nice website. Yep. I uh, I give that a thumbs up. So if they can put these kind of sensors on the bottom of the rowboats, mm-hmm. they can actually do some cool water you know water quality assessment and things like that. 
Excellent. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never owned a GoPro. I am not part of the cult of GoPro. I've but, had several. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, people seem to love them. And uh, I know that they came out with a new version recently and there was some uh, that didn't do much for the company because people weren't all that impressed uh, with the actual hardware. But apparently the big update this time around is their software. It's the GoPro Quick Software Video Editing System, which is basically uh, basically automizing editing. Automizing? Automating. Editing. <laughs> That's a new word. Mm-hmm. Automizing. It's uh, it's been a morning, Jason. Yes, yes. Uh, so yes, now we are getting rid of the need to basically edit. Uh, no, well, no, you still, it's just a built-in editor that you can get stuff straight from the camera and do yeah. it on your phone or your tablet. GoPro software has been traditionally terrible. Um, yes. I've used it for when I had it in my car to do uh, stitch together time lapses and make videos of LA traffic. Right. Which I should put in the show notes. <laughs> uh. I used to make videos of my ride to work, which is just fascinating. I know. Such an L.A. thing. I, I tell you, living here in the epicenter of that right here in Santa Monica, where everybody has a camera attached to their balls at all times, just in case anything might happen and then they can throw it up on YouTube. I, I can't stand this stuff. I, I do like the the comment from uh, CEO Nick Woodman about this. Uh, he says people don't buy action cameras for the hardware, but rather for the awesome story that they think they can tell. Keyword there, think, think. Yeah, that they, they think tell. they can tell because you cannot. Not. Okay. <laughs> the the great th- greatest thing about it though, I look at having a GoPro and a in a dash cam as a deterrent because I used to have so many crazy things happen to me on the 101 every day. And as soon as I put a camera up and turned it on, completely boring. Nothing exciting ever happened to me. So I look at that as money well spent. If I can actually keep <laughs> the crazies away with my GoPro. It's like right. garlic with a vampire, you know? I will say I, I do. I agree with the, the motorcyclists that mount them onto their helmets. First off, it looks badass. And secondly, I totally get why you do it because you get cut off every two seconds here and you've got video proof now. I saw the greatest one yesterday where this guy's leaving the parking lot and his mom is in her minivan and she's like, now be careful out there. There's lots of crazies on the road. And about two minutes later, she rear ends him. <laughs> it totally knocked his bike out from under him. Yeah. But, but good thing he had a camera. Good thing. Good thing. Yeah. Uh, I found an article on Recode that normally I, I'm a big fan of Recode. I think they do a good job with with their journalism. But this is such the bullshit non-story. I have to call out Peter Kafka on this one. Um, streaming music article. It took a couple of decades, but the music business looks like it's OK again. Uh, no. <laughs> to begin with. Um, secondly, how you can have that title and have it be basically a five paragraph article is beyond me. Um, well, because it doesn't say it is okay again. It looks like it's okay again. Oh, see, I he's not actually there. stating I, a fact. I thought this would actually be an informative article, not a piece of shit. <laughs> well, my bad. Can't win them my all. Can't, Can't win, win them all. So he starts off with the premise that music sales went up 8.4% as compared to last year, which is basically the first time it's actually improved over a year. This is mostly due to streaming services, like most people getting hoodwinked into Apple Music, forgetting that they were paying for it, and then spending the next year and a half trying to figure out how to cancel the subscription because it's arcane. Um, And then goes on to say, this is all good, right? In the very last paragraph, not according to Kerry Sherman, who runs the RIAA, the label's American trade group. He has a medium post, medium, Medium. uh, complaining that, of course, musicians don't get shit for all this money so there you go thanks for nothing oh and also you know the music business it it doesn't (laughs) say the artists he says the music business that's true they've always gotten all the monies yeah there you go and uh twitter 
God knows what Twitter is supposed to be for anymore, but apparently they're going to become a TV network. They streamed uh, Thursday's NFL game and no one had anything bad to say about it, which is one of my favorite headlines. Is, is, that, is that because nobody watched it or because I, no. I have nothing bad to say about it because I didn't see it? Apparently, quite a few people did watch it. They're not releasing total stats on it, but uh, you know, a lot of people just sat there and talked about the fact that it was on while they watched it. So it it pops up. I, I don't know if you looked at the article, but if you do try to watch Twitter on a uh, on uh, watch NFL on Twitter, it's a very circa 1992 Yahoo looking page that comes up with like uh, the video on the left and then your Twitter stream on the right. And this looks like a nightmare because football is only interesting if you're having nachos and drinking beer in a bar. And even then that's a, that, even that then could be a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on the company. Really it does. Yeah. Uh, speaking of pages that look like Yahoo <laughs> back in the day, uh, Gizmodo has an awesome article called the dark web is mostly full of garbage. And <laughs> They have some great screenshots of some of the really crappy sites that are on on tour. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun just to go back and look. If you were around back then like we were. It's I a, would it's actually a, love to go design pages for, on the dark web these days. I this know. This stuff looks actually fun <laughs> compared to the bullshit that we have to make now. I WordPress. Know. <laughs> yeah. WordPress, Squarespace, yep. Medium. Yep. Yes. So, you know, if anybody wants me to build a site so you can sell your illegal drugs, as long as I get to put like little emoticons and, and animated GIFs all over stuff, that'd be fun. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I can I can dust off some of my old uh, zip disks. If you can find a zip disk reader, find a zip drive. Yeah, yeah I was you pull off all of my GIFs. I was thinking about that the other day because I found another box of old tech and I was like, I wonder if I can even find a zip drive anymore. Uh, you, well, you can, but you can't find a computer that has a serial port to plug it into. <laughs> Damn it! You gotta you gotta go full stack on that. Yeah, I was about to say I I can't even imagine how many adapters I would need to try to get anything going there. No, it's yeah, yeah it's not going to work. Just give yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in the interest of basically destroying any audience that we might have, Jason. Oh, great! Uh, Thank you. Thank you for yeah. clearing that with me first. Uh huh. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> uh, I wanted to bring up an article. This is a long read and well worth it. Uh, we won't discuss it much. I just want to throw this in at the end. It's by Andrew Sullivan, who I have a love hate relationship with. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I love him. Sometimes I hate him. Sometimes I love to hate him. Uh, works really well. But uh, he wrote an insanely long article all about internet burnout and how it's destroying uh, our humanity. And I tend to agree. Yeah. Here's the problem. You know, because he's like taking a break from technology. If he was still on technology and had the, uh, you know, basically the attention span of a flea like the rest of us do, this would mm -hmm. be three paragraphs with a <laughs> clickbaity headline. So, yes. See, this is how you know he has definitely taken a break from technology. He thinks that people are actually going to read all this. Yeah, too many words. <laughs> I didn't see a TLDR version. So, no, it is worth the read, though. I enjoyed it. And we'll be right back. But now, a word from our sponsors. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelancer. Challenging? Yes. But our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for the self-employed. To meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom built for exactly the way you work. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. Create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. 
FreshBooks helps you avoid having that awkward talk with your client about past due payments. FreshBooks automates late payment email reminders so you can spend less time chasing payments and more time working your magic. See when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. The FreshBooks dashboard has been curated to answer the one burning question for any small business owner. How is my business doing? No more guessing games on what's owed, overdue, or whether you're in the red. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to all of our listeners. Just go to freshbooks.com slash grumpy and enter grumpy old geeks in the how'd you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash grumpy. Enter grumpy old geeks in the how did you hear about us section for that free 30-day trial with no credit card required. Security? Ha! We are back again with our good friend Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing well. Ready to jump in? Are you going to be singing for us this week? Are you going to be singing uh, for your yeah, supper? Sure. Yeah, make a request. <laughs> you know what the heck? We'll do. Uh, we'll do Grumpy Old Geeks Karaoke. Why not? I, I can't <laughs> imagine that will that will uh, make us lose any subscribers. Do you? No, not at all. Not at all. No, 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 no. All right. <laughs> the kids will be flocking to us like a like a Bieber concert. <laughs> nothing better than middle-aged men singing. Uh, nothing better than that. So, <laughs> at all. Uh, let's jump in. All <laughs> so, right. Uh, our first story today is uh, about Tesla. We talked about Tesla last week. Absolutely. We talk about Tesla every week. It's either somebody running into a truck or somebody getting hacked. That tends to be about it. Uh, th- this is a hack. This is actually a, a good example of uh, responsible disclosure. So uh, a group of Chinese researchers um, found a way to gain remote access to uh, to a Tesla Model S. Um, and they were able to do uh, things like open the doors in the trunk and open the sunroof and, and take control of the display. But they were also able to remotely activate the car's brakes uh, while the car was moving. <laughs> Stop the Tesla time. <laughs> Right. So this is bad. Um, but uh, to their credit, they notified Tesla. Tesla, um, t- you know, took, looked at the problem, uh, fixed it. And then why, uh, simultaneous to the fix being pushed out to the cars, they announced uh, publicly what they'd found. So now that's the right way to do it. No, absolutely. And this used a uh, basically a bad Wi-Fi hotspot. And then they did a man in the middle attack to get to through the web browser to get access to the car system. So this one, they didn't actually have to have physical access to the car, which is the crazy, scary part. Right. That is you're right. That is correct. Uh, the uh, the uh, previous uh, Tesla hacks, uh, you actually had to have access to the car. So this was worse than that. Yep. But thank you, Tesla, for having a bug bounty program. Yeah. No, like I said, it's a great example of uh, responsible disclosure. Everybody kind of doing the right thing all around. Um, so the next uh, article that uh, is interesting, uh, you know, everyone remembers the the story with the FBI and Apple. The San Bernardino one? The San Bernardino iPhone, where the FBI wanted to uh, get access to that. Uh, and the FBI made claims that they, the way that an iPhone was designed, that they could not uh, get into the iPhone. Basically, they couldn't uh, do, a, do a hardware hack. Uh, but there's a researcher uh, from uh, University of Cambridge who has demonstrated that, indeed, you can get into an iPhone uh, this way. Uh, it's a technique known as NAND mirroring. Um, NAND is a type of uh, memory inside the uh, com- inside the iPhone, um, and basically what this allows him to do is get an unlimited number of attempts at the password. So um, basically, every time I believe the iPhone allows you six tries uh, before it it locks up, you can basically hit the reset on this by mirroring the the contents of the phone's memory to this outboard. Uh, 
bank of memory. Uh, and so every time you get to the sixth time, you can sort of hit the reset button and start over again. Um, and they're saying with a uh, four-digit password or four-digit uh, number, uh, it takes about 20 hours to break in. With uh, six digits, it'll take about three months. But, um, you know, that three months might be okay for, uh, for a nation state or uh, to uh, – they, they have that kind of patience. But it's also with one guy working with one chip. You know, if they wanted to get, like have 10 of these going at any given time and then they could have 10 people do it, then they could cut that down by a factor of 10. Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that, but I guess there's no reason why they couldn't do that. Uh, I'm sure if there is a reason, one of our listeners will, will write in and tell us what the reason is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the scary part of this hack was just how delicate he had to be on taking off that, uh, that chip and get to, to, cause it's, it's on there. It's really on there <laughs> and to get it off of there without ruining any of the connectors. And that's why he thought that the FBI didn't want to do it because, they might be a little too ham-handed to get it off of there and break it. And if they break it, you're SOL. Yeah, it's kind of one and done with that. Um, but it is, it's an interesting, if you're into this kind of thing, uh, this, uh, this researcher goes through the whole process. Um, he's got a, a YouTube video that's in the link uh, that we'll share. And uh, so it's, uh, it's pretty neat and, um, you know, demonstrates that uh, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And don't do this on your iPhone, <laughs> at least not your main <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> not one that you want to keep, no. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to take a little practice <laughs> to get good at this, so. Yeah. Go yeah, hit some of those old a, iPhones off of eBay to give it a shot first. It, it, is, it is a delicate operation, but, uh, you know, I guess if, if you're the type of person who's good at this sort of thing and uh, if you're highly motivated, uh, it, the, the, the point is it can be done. All right, moving on. All right, so uh, we know about keyloggers. Uh, there's a there's a new keylogger out called iSpy, and uh, what caught my attention with this one is um, basically if you are a person who wants to do some bad things, uh, you can basically buy an iSpy keylogger subscription package. And there, are, as you'll see in the link that we share, there are, there's some uh, lovely uh, marketing uh, graphics, and you can you can choose which you want the bronze package or the diamond package or the platinum package to uh, to basically buy keylogging as a service, um, complete with um, tech support and and uh, and so on. So this keylogger has a, a variety of functions in addition to uh, you know what it says it does. Obviously, logging keys. Um, it's capable of uh, blocking websites. It's capable of downloading files. It can actually kill bots that are running. It can display fake messages. Um, it can dis dis disable other uh, processes that are running. Um, so it's got a lot going on under the hood. Uh, it has a nice uh, web panel interface. So I think the takeaway here is that uh, as we as we move along. Um, this this notion of having uh, these sorts of things as a service, the, the bad guys are making this easier and easier uh, for people to use these tools. You, you really don't have to be uh, a highly sophisticated uh, user to enable these things, to get them running, uh, and to profit by doing bad things. Yeah, the nice thing about this, though, that these guys probably haven't figured out yet, which they will at, at some point, um, selling this stuff as a service uh, at some point, you're going to have a lot of people connecting to your web portals and things like that. And you're just kind of out there in the open. So I'm thinking that uh, it'll make it much easier for law enforcement to find these people and, you know, take down their servers and then backtrace it to the people who are actually buying the service and uh, go after them at some point. You know, I, I, yeah. I can just I can I can see that happening in the near future. 
Yeah, I I, th- I think you're right, and I think you know a lot of these people they they depend on or they they either they have a false sense of security that they feel that they've uh, um, you know uh, successfully anonymized themselves so that they won't get caught. But of course, you know, bad guys, crooks always think they're not going to get caught, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of a staple of being a crook. If you go into it thinking right. you're going to get caught, you're not a very good criminal. Right, you're stupider than it needs to be to be a criminal <laughs> in the first place. So. Um, uh, but uh, the other thing is that they, the, they tend to set up shop in, in places that, you know, turn a blind eye to this sort of thing. Um, you know, a lot of nations consider this to be kind of a, a petty sort of crime and, um, you know, they, they just turn a blind eye to it. So, um, but yeah, every now and then you see, uh, somebody gets tracked down and, uh, hauled away in handcuffs. Or, or get, or gets hauled away and we never hear from them again because it's, it wasn't law enforcement that found them. Right. Yeah. That's a good point too. You know, when you're playing the game, uh, in the, in the dark underworld of, uh, of, uh, internet crime, uh, bad things can happen to you. Yep. Especially when we're talking about ransomware because it is making a lot of money now. Intel has released a study saying that, uh, ransomware is up 3000% since it was first recorded in 2012. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like that old thing, you know, where they asked, uh, why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is. And uh, I think that's the case with ransomware. You know, ransomware is an easy way for crooks to make money, and they can do it in, in small amounts, but it, it adds up. And um, for the people who get hit by the ransomware, they are highly motivated to try to get their data back. Um, and this article talks about how uh, hospitals in particular get targeted. We've talked about that before here, where when you have computer systems that are related to life or death situations obviously a hospital is highly motivated to to get those systems up and running as quickly as possible the bad guys know that and so um they hit uh, one of the places they target are hospitals yeah and the interesting thing about the whole ransomware ecosystem at this point is there's so many bad actors in play right now that are like bad bad actors because they're de- they they won't decrypt your data even after you pay which is ruining the entire marketplace for ransomware because everybody's going to just say, ah, screw it, Cut, you know, restore from backup because if I pay, chances of me even remotely getting my data back are, are shrinking every single day. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, and the other thing that, we, that we've heard from the, the folks that we talk to about this is that quite often what happens is uh, even if you pay, then the ransomware, people come back to you and they come back asking for more. Yep. So even with the first round of payment, they, they figure, oh, I got a hot one. Uh, you know, I asked you for $100. Now, would you believe $500? Um, and at that point, um, you know, you're, you're, you're done for. If, if, they're, if they're coming back for a second round, you might as well consider your data as good as gone. Yeah. I mean, what happened to this world? Why do we not have any ethical extortionists anymore? I mean, <laughs> honor among thieves. And- <laughs> Seriously. I mean, we made we made a contract. You, you no took my data. I want it back. I give you the money. Now give me back my goddamn data. People are monsters. The where are. is there's no gentlemen and, and ladies when it comes to to uh, to crime. It yeah. is a shame. What 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 does the world come to? These millennials. Uh, I blame it on the millennials. It's probably them. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. we, we, we never did anything bad like that. I Absolutely mean, not. As Gen Xers, we're, we were straight and narrow the whole time. Yep. <laughs> um, but it's interesting, too. You know, we talk about um, uh, hospitals getting hit, but uh, there's a, a, a new, some new data coming out that shows that right now another hot place for ransomware is the education market. Why is that? Educational organizations are, are getting hit with... Uh, hit with ransomware as well. 
Um, Why have they moved from healthcare to education, I wonder? Well, uh, one of the things that they were saying in this article is that education is um, typically uh, not as well defended as hospitals are. So part of it is that they are easy targets. Mm. That's a big part of it. All the people in cybersecurity have since graduated and are out writing malware. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they're getting back at those professors who... Yeah. Uh, who, who, uh, B minus my aching ass. Encrypt. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but the point here is is really that uh, no one should consider themselves to be immune to ransomware. Again, you know, we say this practically every week, you know, back up your data, uh, keep backing up your data because that is really the best and only... Uh, reliable way to uh, to to come back from a, a a good ransomware attack. Speaking of good ransomware attacks, uh, there was a new one uh, that came out this past week. It's called Mamba. Uh, kind of like the uh, Mamba is a snake. I was thinking Mambo Italiano, but that's a little different. Different thing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Actually, the Black Mamba is the fastest snake in the world. Ah, yes, I have uh, I have seen Kill Bill. That's right. Uh, that's right. Yes, yes. Black Mamba and Kill Bill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also proving that when I was a child that my parents invested in a set of wildlife encyclopedias, <laughs> uh, that I know that the Black Mamba was the fastest snake in the world. But a- anyway, I, um, I digress. Uh, the Mamba malware has uh, been uh, discovered in machines in Brazil and the United States and India. Uh, Morphous Labs are the ones who discovered this. Uh, they're out of Brazil themselves. And what's particularly interesting about Mamba is that it takes a different approach to ransomware. Instead of uh, encrypting your individual files, it's using a disk-level cryptography. So it's just basically encrypting the entire drive. Is it actually doing the main drive and any uh, connected drives, or is it just the main drive? Nope. It reaches out and tries to find, you know, basically anything that's connected to the computer. Uh, It goes through and tries to encrypt them on a uh, drive-level basis. So, you know, when you... um, it's it's a Windows uh, it's a Windows exploit it's a Windows malware so when you when you fire up your machine um, <laughs> before before you can get to the drive uh, it says to you give us our money or uh, or you don't get access to your drive man so, I, I I do not <laughs> I'm gonna have to start pulling my time machine uh, drives off the network at night because those are my backups you know. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, and so I think it does make the case for some cloud-based backups, you know, Backblaze and, and some of the other folks like that. Um, the, you know, there's that old saying, uh, belt and braces, that uh, you don't want to just have a single single type of backup. You want to have a belt and suspenders for those of us in the United States. Um, and um, this is a good example of why you want to do that. Um, now, the, there's a, this, this is actually related to... Um, uh, there was another um, ransomware that was like this. It was called Petya. And um, researchers were able to come up with a decryptor after Petya uh, came out. So hoping that uh, perhaps they'll come up with something for Mamba. But in the meantime, uh, it's a nasty one. So like we say, back up your data. Yep. No, and uh, I use I use a, very, a varied method. I have Time Machine for my daily stuff. I've got yep. Carbon Copy Cloner for... Full machine level backups that happen yep. fairly mm-hmm. often. Yep. And uh, the nice thing about those uh, CCC backups is you can just let it start running and it'll actually unmount the disk for you when you're done if you want. So it's not sitting there on the network. So uh, it, you yeah. Can, 
you know, I plug that in like every other day and just get a like a full snapshot of the machine, and then it goes back in the fireproof safe. And uh, also take those extra drives, you know, your old ones when you upgrade, make uh, snapshots of those, get them out of the house. I have an, I have another offsite location where I have, you know, maybe like you know they might be a month behind, but at least yep. it's not, you know, everything can go in, in, in even if there's a fire or something like that. No, that's great advice. I mean, yeah, we do we do the same thing. You know, when you do your backups, um, there's a saying in the backup business I've heard, which is one is none, mm-hmm. which uh, if you have one backup, you might as well consider it no backup. So uh, you want different uh, types of media that you're backing up on and you want to have different locations, be it, you know, one locally, one in the cloud or two, you know, a couple of physical copies uh, in different physical locations, uh, you know, store it uh, under the, under the steps of your, your, your parents' house or something, you know, anywhere. That's, so that's, that's literally, a, that's literally where mine are. Is that right? That's They're funny. in the so basement mine, under the steps. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's funny. So are mine. Um, but, um, you know, if there's a fire, if there's a flood, whatever, uh, you know, you want to have that stuff somewhere else. Absolutely. Be safe out there. This next one I like. <laughs> this is, uh, I don't know why. It's just something that tickles my funny bone about this. Someone is putting <laughs> malicious USB sticks in Australian mailboxes. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it, it's, a, it's an interesting vector to attack. Just walk down the street, take a blank unlabeled USB stick that you happen to have preloaded with uh, whatever malware that you that you want to use against the, the innocent victims. And you just, you know, pop it in their mailbox who, when there goes to their mailbox and finds a, a free USB stick, they probably say, hey, free, uh, free USB stick. Of course, yep. in this case, they'd say it in an Australian accent, which I'm not going to attempt. But um, what are they? I mean, we've already seen time and time again, they've done these studies where they just they litter a parking lot full of USB sticks. And a huge percentage of them, like at secure locations, right? Like oh, yeah, yeah. Installations. They litter the parking lot with USB sticks and people find them. They take them inside and they plug them in. It just struck me as funny that I don't know why. For some reason, I pictured a kangaroo or a koala, you know, <laughs> making their way down the street. And I know this is probably terribly uh, somehow culturally insensitive of me, but uh, that's what I picture in my mind. So that's a little window inside of how my mind works. Well, but, I can, uh, yeah, the kangaroo with the little baby <laughs> Joey in the pouch, like like the mama's bouncing along, the little Joey's reaching in the pouch, picking out a new one, right. putting it in the, the pouch. Exactly, the pouch is full of USB sticks, and uh, you know, I mean, who and who's going to question who's going to question a friendly kangaroo with a little baby? You're not going to think there's any danger there. No. Nope. You think you're good to go. I mean, a kangaroo's not going to do something bad, <laughs> but especially with a little baby in its pouch. But no, no, it's bad. It's yeah. evil. And, so. ko- and koalas are always stoned, so you, you, you would never would want to <laughs> trust them. You know, you never never trust a junkie with your, da- with your crime. <laughs> oh, no, no. High on eucalyptus. So, uh, you know, again, the takeaway here, if you find, uh, I mean, what, what, I mean, the best advice is never plug in any USB stick that you don't know where it came from, you know, that it's not fresh out of the package from a reputable supplier. Even those yeah. nowadays, it's like, uh. Well, it's true. I mean, it's so hard these days, but, you know, we've, we've heard of, um, obviously, you know, ones from trade shows can be compromised. Um, we've heard of, um, you know, the, uh, the people have come to giving away free battery packs at trade shows. Well, how do you connect that battery pack to your, yep. to your phone? <laughs> USB. USB. Right. So the battery packs can be compromised. We, you know, you've, uh, there's stories about chargers that have uh, phone chargers that have malware in them. So, you know, that's the downside of the power uh, connection also being a data port. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. It's easy to get in. So time to move on. Jason, do you have a printer? I do. I actually used it today. Really? All yeah. right. So I think it's fair to say that in a lot of situations, printers are getting used less and less because people are, you know, uh, aspiring to go more paperless. Um, but um, there's, a, there's a point to be made that printers can be a, a, a serious vector to compromise your network and your computer, um, partly because I think most people don't really think of printers as being... Uh, dangerous, you know the 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 humble printer sits over there on the desk waiting for you to send it a command to print something. But again, that printer, most printers these days, certainly most consumer level printers, come with Wi-Fi built in. Oh yeah, Wi-Fi, Ethernet. Yep. And air air uh, was it air print? Yeah. All right. sorts. Right. So as the printer comes out of the box, a lot of times that Wi-Fi is enabled with some sort of default password. So even if you hose up that printer to your computer with a, with USB or with Ethernet, um, if that Wi-Fi hotspot is still uh, just sitting there, you know, beaconing for uh, anyone to log on who may know the uh, the default password, which of course, as we all know, are not hard to look up, um, that could be a way for them to get into your system. So, uh, you know, the lesson is if you buy a new printer, one of the things you got to do is make sure that you've disabled all that sort of stuff, you know, change the passwords, uh, standard hygiene kind of stuff. But the other thing to be concerned about is if you get rid of a printer, if you throw it away, if you sell it, um, a lot of printers have onboard memory, particularly more high-end printers, and they store what has been printed on them. Some printers can have a, a record of basically everything that was printed on them. Um, so when you dispose of a printer, particularly in a business environment, you, you need to make sure that that printer's been wiped clean. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people tend to overlook. Yep. Most of them have hard drives in it, at least the industrial printers. As someone who worked at Kinko's for many years, I know this very well. You right. Pull the hard drive, drill it, or, uh, you know, if you're, if you're just getting rid of it or if you're get – get a technician to come in and swap out the old drive with a new one because it does keep up to a year's worth of – in sometimes more worth of basically everything you've printed because these things are scanners. So to print right. it, they if you're you know taking something, putting it into the printer, it's scanning it and saving a copy of that scan and then just printing it back out for the most part. So that right. stuff is yep. definitely you want to clean it up. So uh, be careful with your printers. Just you know be mindful that uh, you know a printer is a device on your network, and uh, while it, you know it's uh, again one of those IoT kinds of things where you don't often think about it having a bunch of brains, but it does. And particularly since printers these days often come with Wi-Fi, uh, you just got to be careful with it. All right, Dave. Well, I think that puts a uh, feather in the cap for this week. I th- All right. I think we we scared people enough. Can't print. <laughs> plug. Can't have any USBs. Crazed. Yeah. Crazed criminal kangaroos are coming to put malware in your mailbox. <laughs> That's right. But just sit in a corner and in, in a, in a curled up in a little ball rocking back and forth until next week. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Dave. I'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Comment of the week. We have a new Patreon subscriber, friend of the show, Michael Burns, has uh, kicked in some cash since he didn't use my link on Amazon. I think maybe I guilted him into it. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! We love our Patreon supporters. Thanks so much, man. Yes, we do. Thank you very much. And uh, we have some comments over at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. The first is from Barrett Rees. I think I got that name right. I think it's Barrett, but uh, Barrett. (sighs) What you got to do. 
<laughs> okay, whatever, whatever, grime life, dude. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I know how much uh, both of you hate Uber, uh, yet they've been a blessing for those of us here in Pittsburgh who have had to deal with barely any public transportation for years. Bus routes keep getting cut and taxis are mostly non-existent unless you are near a downtown hotel or the airport. By the way, I'm not sure when Jason was living in Pittsburgh, but the city really has turned around. There's new construction everywhere and more and more tech companies are moving here. Love the podcast. Uh, thanks, man. Um, or woman. I'm guessing I'm guessing man on this one. I'm but. guessing I'm, well, I'm guessing 99% of the time our listeners are male. Uh for the most part we're right. Um uh, you know, uh, it's the same here in LA. I have got to say, I mean, having ride-sharing services like Uber and Lyft come into LA has been fantastic because there have no been no taxis anywhere. I, there never was and we just didn't use them and it's a culture that started to change here, which is great. What I think Jason and I both have problems with with Uber is their entire way that they conduct their business. It's wrong and not fair to anyone. So concept, great. Execution sucks. Yeah. And uh, as far as just me living in Pittsburgh, I wasn't actually in Pittsburgh proper. Downtown is completely different from where I was, which was Monongahela and uh, some what? other little towns. But Monongahela? Monongahela. Not Monongahela. Some of those, one of those places with a funky name. Mon- the Monongahela River is one of the, uh, it's the Monongahela, the Ohio, and one other river. That's where you get three rivers from, where they all kind of come down at the point there. I got to write that down. That sounds like it will come up in pub trivia at some point. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you go, go dig up what the other river is. Cause I forgot, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the Monongahela, the Ohio, and I'm just going to draw a blank on the other one. Okay. Body of water. Yes. <laughs> Fast moving river. Uh, the next, <laughs> here's the next one from Gabriel and it's pagan, not Pagan. Uh, yes. <laughs> I was, I should have, should have reordered those. So this is the guy, that, this is the original. Yeah. OG, this is OG Pagan. OG, my mispronunciation, which, you know, is entirely justifiable for that one, by the way. It <laughs> All right. It could really go either way. Okay. Here, okay, let me get to the comment here. Look, Scheinberg should definitely not be accepted for Apple genius position. The guy's been an engineer for decades. His social skills are probably atrophied. Piss off. <laughs> I bet he'd be the type of attendant who would condescendingly give extremely complicated, obscure solutions to people. Uh, well, yeah, probably. Well, hey, to be honest, that is the exact kind I want. That's true. <laughs> but the, the, he is the exact kind of person I want. I want to go straight ahead to tech level five, which yep. is this dude, because I've done one through four and the idiots that are the genius bar now. Yeah, so uh, continuing the comment, the genius bar does not need the aggravation. I'd send him to Walmart as a greeter for two years to get him accustomed to interact with humans before thinking about putting him in a genius bar. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, no, I, I, I have to disagree on this comment. Yeah, but I, I 100% want to walk up to the genius bar and have that dude. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I, I really do. <laughs> uh, uh, and the final line, he should start a consultancy, a blog or something. Um. I think you should just fucking retire, man. <laughs> After yeah. all that time writing software, go fish it or something. I'm sure he's got the Apple stock. I'm, I think he's okay for financially. So, uh, you know, just chill. And, you know, you do want to go up to the uh, the Genius Bar and have the guy go, oh, I wrote that. I know how to fix that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I wrote that. I can tell you exactly what's wrong with it. Yes. <laughs> this is how I broke that. Yes. Uh, let's see. And we have a five-star rating over on iTunes. Uh, this is from uh, Jack Engel, who has now commented on all forms of social media. So thank you so much. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's doing the, the grand tour. Yeah, he's doing the grand tour, as it were. Uh, the title is Guest Grumps and VPN. Uh, I like it when you guys have other podcast guests on since it saved me time searching around. I now subscribe to CyberWire, D-I-H-L. That would be Jason's uh, little thing. Do, does it have legs? Yes. 
And a couple others off of GOG. That would be Grumpy Old Geeks. Uh, one recommendation from DIHL. I just like to say it that way. Okay. Uh, Predator 1. Um, have you tried to get John C. Dvorak or on from No Agenda? I assume that's the podcast he does. Yes. Yeah. John C. Dvorak is old school, old yeah. school guy. Yeah. Uh, or do you think he is too big for you guys? He's not too big for us. <laughs> He's just. Maybe we're too big for him. Come on. Uh, no, No Agenda I'd... does really well. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I, I I've met John several times, and uh, I think that he would uh, he would out grump the shit out of us. But uh, it's just, and I'm glad you like when we have guests on. You are in the minority on that, yeah, but most uh, people don't really care. No, uh, which is why we kind of we don't do it very often. And when we do do it, it's a big deal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> continuing his comment, uh, I hear he grumps for wine. Maybe you can have a grump off. As Jason already said, we'd probably lose. Um, also, I know you guys recommended an affordable VPN service, but being a grumpier old geek, uh, 58, I soon forgot. Uh, for VPN recommendation, it's right on our website, man. Just go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash VPN if you want to type it in quickly. But uh, yeah, you do have to turn off your ad blocker if you go to the website because it is yeah, a little a- graphical ad. I was about to say, if you follow our other recommendations and use an ad blocker, you're not seeing it. So, But yes. uh, we do have a recommendation. Jason and I both use it. Uh, I know a couple of friends that have used it as well. It is our favorite. It's fantastic. So there you go. Yes. And I think this week we'll actually probably put up a sponsors page since we're actually having sponsors on and things that we enjoy that aren't on the Amazon store. So we'll get that. We'll get that up this week for you. So it'll be a handy way to go. I, I would say go to Grumpy Old Deep. Grumpyoldgeeks.com. I can't even say our own damn show name. Grumpyoldgeeks.com slash sponsors. Okay. And maybe we'll actually, you know, that will involve work. So hopefully it'll be there when you try to type uh, that There's going to be two links on it or three <laughs> links. So it ain't going to be that hard. All right. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at GOG Podcast, on Instagram at GrumpyOldGeeks, or at Patreon at patreon.com slash GOG. We have a website at GrumpyOldGeeks.com where you can listen to shows, leave feedback, find out about our favorite VPN, or better yet, ask us questions that we can read on the air. If you have friends, please tell them about the show. And please, if you like the show, drop us an iTunes review. They really do help us out. It'll only take a minute or two, and you can find it by just going to GrumpyOldGeeks.com slash iTunes. There you go. Since I was trying to break up the Gunslinger series and get into something a little different, I went with uh, some sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I got a Fuzzy Nation by John Scalzi. Okay. Interesting little book. Cute. It's short. Cute sci-fi. Um, you know, I think I gave it a four. It was, it's really, it's one of those like just cute sci-fi books, honestly. Right. You know, that seems to be the thing with Scalzi. Uh, everybody likes his books but none of them are like home runs like you have to go read it they're, they're just good which yeah. is fine there's nothing in fact we need more people like that so good yeah and it okay. was i mean it's an audiobook it was read by will wheaton which i think all of scalzi's books are done by will wheaton now <laughs> i think they have a little bromance going on right but the the reading was good uh will actually is getting better at voices i think so okay that was interesting uh, but yeah, I mean, if you if you want some popcorn sci-fi that's not real, I mean, we're not talking Neil Stevenson here or <laughs> William Gibson. Uh, check it out. It's fun. All right. Cool. I, I will. Because I, I'm going to need another break because I finished yet another of the Laundry Files book and I cannot go back to it for a while now. I really can't go back to it for a while now. <laughs> uh, this one, I, I struggled. I'm not going to lie. I struggled through this one. And which one um, is that? Oh, this is the Rhesus chart. Number five. Okay. Number five is live. Um, this <laughs> one is ostensibly about vampires. Um, it was still clever, um, funny. Uh, I just you can't read them as often and as quickly as I have been because I'm burnt out. 
Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I, I cannot read another one of these books for a while. Yeah, give it a bit for sure. Yep. Um, the nice thing about this one is this is the one before you get to the stuff where I this was this I didn't care for this one as much either. I'll right. tell you that the one that comes after this I really really enjoyed. Yep, and I can see that they're starting to shift away from what has been the main character, and obviously I've, you've told me so. Spoiler alert: they do, which is unfortunate because I do like the main character. I'm sad to hear that he's not going to be the main protagonist moving forward, but. It is. Maybe it needs to change up or maybe it's just me. But yeah, it's getting a bit on the boring side. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, he, he's still in the in the next one, but it's his wife is the main character. Right. So yeah. and she's she, she's a good character. I, I recommend. Yeah. It. OK. Uh, well, I will read it, but probably not for two or three months. Yeah. Take it. Take take your time. <laughs> take a break. Get it out of your get it. Get the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so this week we saw the release of the third book of the three body problem. Yes. Yes. You texted me to let me know it was out. And I went, that's great. <laughs> um, I, so are you not going to read it? Are you out? No, I, no, I will read it. It's just, uh, I, I'm, you know, I finished, I was finishing Rhesus up. I'm working on something else. So uh, again, I just read the second one. So I'm trying to follow my own rules here and space it out a little bit. So, yeah, no, I had, I had two gunslinger books in between. So I was, I was, you know, ready for it. Yeah. And uh, it's big. It's 608 pages. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. The audiobook is twenty nine hours. Okay. But uh I have I think about ten hours to go. So I'm about a th- two thirds of the way through it. A little, okay. little less than two thirds. Um mm-hmm. I, I I'm gonna say it's I didn't know where they were gonna go with it. Now I do. Not bad. <laughs> it's not bad <laughs> at all. Surprisingly, all right. surprisingly good. This guy okay. uh this guy put some thought into his stuff. Well, one would hope. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You wouldn't be talking about it if it didn't. Yeah, we There's an author getting... that didn't think about this at all. Yeah, so let's keep reading his books. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, uh, I've, uh, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll cue this one up. Actually, I probably should cue this one up a little bit earlier just because I, I did have a hard time coming to the second one after so long from the first one because it's pretty dense and the names and cultural things are are tough to keep track of and tough to remember. So it might be good to hit this one while still while the second one is still somewhat fresh in my mind. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I wanted to do it too because between the first and the second one I'm just like, "Uh, oh, what was who was that? What was that?" Yeah. Uh So there are yeah. still a lot of characters and you know, since there is a lot of that, you know, cryogenic stasis stuff going on, people it's- will disappear and come back later and you're like, "Wait a minute, that was 400 pages ago. Who the hell was this guy?" Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, good to hear it's good. Can't wait to try it. Software, apps, and gadgets. I have an app recommendation this week. Okay. Um, this is if you are looking, we'll, we'll call this the Tinder for adopting a dog. Oh boy. Yeah, it's, a, hey, it's from our friend Trent Hamilton, who did our Grumpy Old Geeks uh, app for us. Oh, oh, congratulations, Trent. Yeah, I have been following the his development on this on social media, so I'm glad that he's finally launched it. <clears throat> Quick note <clears throat> on our app, Trent. <clears throat> You're not uh, getting the HTML codes in correctly. <clears throat> no, well, you know, you <laughs> chances of him getting to it by listening to the show are probably zero cuz I don't think he gives a shit about our show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's ever even listened to an episode of our show, but Oh, we will find out. It's our little experiment. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, he just did, he just pushed an update for us too, because uh, when we changed uh, RSS feeds. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, check out Pupper. It's, it's, it's a really nice design, and it has the standard swipe left, swipe right. 
uh, uses open APIs for adoption programs for dogs. He's got the photos in there. You can save them to your kennel or uh, whatever he called it. I, I re- recommended the kennel, but uh, I don't know what he's doing with it. Um, right. It, but yeah, it's a nice app. And if you're looking for a dog, it lets you geolocate. It also lets you look by breed, age, size, things mm-hmm. like that. And it gives you contact info for the animals that you're looking for. So if you're looking to adopt a dog, then go right. check out Pupper. It's free and it's on the iTunes store. Yep, check it out. Pretty cool. Apps with a purpose. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Grammar Snob, which yeah, is the app I tried out. <laughs> let's, go, let's go into stickers. Yeah, this is a sticker. I don't know if you've messed around with uh, all the new iOS uh, 10 iMessage things that you can do now, but uh, there's a whole sticker category that uh, drops in there, and Grammar Snob does appeal to me. It's the perfect app for people that uh, can't stand the way that other people type things anymore. <laughs> uh, Fogarty, this would be great for you. Uh, the one problem I have with this is I thought that it would automatically correct uh, messages coming in from other people. So you would see it with these crossed out red updates. That is not what happens. You actually have to do it yourself and you can send it back to the person, which is no fun because nobody likes to be corrected. And most people don't even realize they spelled anything wrong anyway, so they just be confused. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit of a bummer. If they rewrote this thing so it actually edited incoming messages and found all the errors and, and just showed it to me correct, I would love that. I would be all over this app and recommend it up and down everywhere if they did that. But it does not, sadly. Did so you they, Did you actually pay the 99 cents for it? Uh, dude, I do so much bullshit for this show. <laughs> I was just wondering. I, I did. Oh, you I, did? I okay. It, so. They made 99 cents off me to just disappoint me. Story uh, of my life. You know, and and there's an, I was looking at the reviews and this person, Bunch 19 wrote, literally the best app I've ever used. I'm like, oh, well, okay, well, grammar snob using literally. There you go. <laughs> so is it figuratively the best app you've ever used or is it literally? Since we know that that word is utterly useless now. It is neither. Uh so I got this. I got this gadget. I get why well, I got three of these gadgets. I run multiple heads uh, displayless Macs, you know. Um, okay. And I was always having problems when I would v- or VNC into them or screen share them. Yes. And you couldn't really get. Uh, they were slow as crap. The resolution was always off. And I f- was doing some research on it. And what it is is when com- even this was with PCs too. I just got a grammar snob for a second. What it is, is? What it is, is. Look, man, I'm trying to describe this really stupid, esoteric fucking gadget thing I got. What it is, is. Hey, Bob. Bob's rolling over in his... Well, he's not in his grave right now. Sorry, Bob. I killed you. Go suck a Pagan. Um, (laughs) Angel Pagan is the outfielder for the San Francisco Giants. (laughs) He pronounces it Pagan, not Pagan. Okay. Well, you can go back to the Dominican Republic and spell it Pagan. Whatever. <laughs> um, if you're running a headless computer, what you want to do is get one of these things that you can plug in either horse. to your display port or your HDMI port. And what it will do is trick the computer into using the GPU to render the graphics when you're going in over VNC or some kind of screen sharing. And it will speed it up immensely and give you control over it. Uh, the ones I got were HDMI. They're 15 bucks each and have made my life immensely better. It is is one of the best things ever. It is is. Yep. All right. I'm going to automatize is is. Okay. So we had Ello. Uh-huh. Now we have Allo. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, Google's new messaging app. Uh, it's smart, so they say, because we all need another messaging app. Um, their big thing is they're saying this is a smarter app because we have all these things like bots in them. 
like all messaging apps have now. So there you go. Uh, it's yet another one. Uh, I do like there's there's a good review. Uh, I like the fact that it says clean interface and simple controls. It's straightforward and pleasant to use, which means the teens will hate it. Oh, well, there yeah, you go. They're used to their Snapchat. So, and, yeah. and Snowden has chimed in on this one saying it's just Google surveillance. Don't use it because they rolled back all of their privacy things that they said they weren't going to do. And now they do. And you have to go in and manually delete your messages if you want anything private, which we even now, know see, that I that doesn't even happen. <laughs> I don't think that's as big of a deal as Snowden does screaming and yelling about this because they do let you switch off everything. It's just it's not the default, which, again, you and I have yelled about how it should be the default for years. But it's not like they just said, oh, def- to fucking hell with this. We're going to store everything forever. No, you can turn it off. You just have to go into the settings and actually do it. I guess because we're old and we're used to things like settings. Well, no, we no, no. It's not, in, it's not in the settings. No, that, see, this is what they changed. They, they changed their tune. They originally said it was going to be that way. And then when it okay. came out, they're like, no, we changed it. And to do the private messaging, you have to go into incognito mode manually okay. every time you start a conversation. And if uh, and you have to go back, if you just use regular mode, you have to go back and manually delete the conversations. There's no okay. setting to turn it off automatically. Ah, misunderstood. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm back with you, Snowden. But not your movie. Your movie sucks. Media Candy. The only thing that would have ever made me potentially purchase uh, CBS All Access, uh, which is uh, the subscription service for their streaming bullshit uh, has now been pushed very far back. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, which was supposed to uh, be their flagship launching in January, is now going to be delayed until May 2017. This is hardly surprising as all we've had so far is a really crappy CGI teaser. Uh, No listing of cast, no word of shooting which is supposedly taking place in toronto and considering how many friends i have in toronto most of whom are rabid star trek fans i would have heard something by now from somebody as far as i can tell absolutely nothing has taken place on the show so the fact that it will not be appearing in in january is not surprising yep yep so that sucks well and uh this might suck for you too the dark tower is actually going to have a spin-off tv series thought you might like that you know it sucks for me now that you're working your way through it you're going to be so pissed when you're done and you see this shitty movie and this crappy tv series they're going to try to do and the tv series wizard and glass is like what the fourth or fifth book what the, what the, what the, what the, what the? <laughs> that's my new ringtone right there i have no understanding of what they're trying to do or how they're trying to roll all this out and i don't think that they do either idiots yeah anyways it's gonna <laughs> suck so we've also got a new trailer out for a movie called passengers coming in december with uh chris pratt and uh jennifer lawrence two people i don't give a fuck about i like chris pratt when he's being funny guy but this doesn't look like funny guy movie and jennifer lawrence well she's kind of a doorstop most of the time i finally finished the i finally finished the uh the hunger games movies recently oh did you i never I never saw the last one because it had gotten so bad. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I, I read all the books originally, and I'm like, I, after the first book, I'm like, it was terrible. And they fixed it kind of on the second movie. And then mm-hmm. they took the third book and turned it into two movies, which, you know, this is Hobbit syndrome. Like, let's yeah. milk it. Yeah. Um, and it had the same Hobbit ending. It was like 17 endings by the yeah. time it got to the end. And I was just like, can I just go to bed now? <laughs> <laughs> it was so not good. Yeah, I, I didn't bother. 
So this new movie with them, sci-fi, mm-hmm. comes out in December, and 50 mm-hmm. bucks. I'm going to tell you right now, 50 bucks says it's got the Love Conquers All ending to it. Yeah, look, I, I watched the trailer because you forced me to, and that's what it looks like it's going to be. Yeah. So. Get not excited. No, not really yeah. at all. No, not at all. In fact, I'd rather watch the movie about John McAfee, oh. which uh, I'm not a huge fan of, but you bring him up a lot, so I think you have some secret love for him. Um, I, so think he's, I, I just think he's fascinating. He's well, so out there and so insane. Have I got the movie for you? Okay. Uh, Gringo, The Dangerous Life of John McAfee, will premiere on September 24th. That is tomorrow, Jason. Oh, At Jiminy. 6 p.m. Uh, well, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, it is a documentary about him. Uh, director is on Showtime, so you'll have uh, to get it. Sorry. Yeah. Damn. Um, and apparently it shows him, uh, he's just insane and he's a total monster and it's a documentary that emerges showing that he really, really, really loves himself. Oh yeah. I could tell you that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> just go so, read, read some of his tweets. So there you go. Uh, I, I'm fully expecting you to watch it. <laughs> I will definitely watch it. No. Awesome. I'm in. I just got to figure out who has Showtime that I know that I can watch it at. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I might, have to, uh, I might have to call Bjorn from Sweden. <laughs> I agree. Going uh, go to Bjorn's house. That's the new code. Go to Bjorn's. Peter Bjorn and Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hillary Clinton did something that I personally love, but I have a feeling that her campaign immediately regrets doing it. I think she needs to do more things like that. If she wants to kind of connect with the, with the youngins, uh, she appeared on a special episode of between two ferns with Zach Galifianakis. What is this between two ferns? I've never heard of this. This is a show that Zach has done on and off for a while. Uh, this is on funny or die where he interviews people between two ferns. Okay. Quite literally. I'm guessing you did not watch this. No. <laughs> okay. It was very funny. Okay. I'm sure she's not happy she did this, but uh, some of the lines that he threw out to her, which you would imagine she would never take in a million years. Uh, when you went to Donald Trump's wedding, did he write his own vows and did Michelle Obama write Melania's? Okay. Funny. And? Oh, okay. Okay. What I'll, happens I'll give if, it a read. I mean, what, a would watch. Happen, <laughs> what would happen if you became pregnant? Quite funny. Um, as secretary, how many words per minute could you type? She was Secretary of State, people. I got it. I got That's it. Cr- crickets in here. Crickets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. This is why Zach is the comedian, and uh, you're not. Well, you should have watched it then, so I didn't have to explain <laughs> it to you. <laughs> I'll get on that right away. And as of September 20th, it was the 40th anniversary of Susie and the Banshees as a band. On September 20th, 1976, when I was a three-year-old running around uh singer Susie sue and bassist steven severin asked malcolm mclaren if they could replace an act that had been scheduled to play the 100 club punk festival and canceled last minute this was a chance to open for the headliners that night which were the sex pistols hmm. how cool of a show would that have been uh, there's a link in the show notes from uh, postpunk.com that put together a video uh of the 40 years of Susie and the banshees in a nutshell and it is fantastic if you're not a fan you should listen and if you are a fan, I think you will enjoy 40 Years in 40 Minutes, Susie and the Banshees. Link in the show notes. Cool. I'll definitely check that out. I'm a fan of Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. And then I found some weird, interesting thing. Uh, apparently, there's a new Scooby-Doo cartoon going on, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. I will never watch this, except I do recommend watching the YouTube clip that uh, stumbled across and put in the show notes, which is a long Twin Peaks reference in the middle of Scooby-Doo. Okay. Is this the one with the WWE uh People, I saw I saw something recently that Scooby Doo was doing like this WWE crossover, and, and it might actually been an older one, but I didn't uh, know if this was the same one. 
No idea. I just enjoyed the red room and the midget dancing around in the middle of a Scooby-Doo episode. Okay. That's good stuff. <laughs> uh, you, I assume, watched the finale of Mr. Robot? Not all of it. Nope. Not all I, of it? I, it? I fell asleep in the middle of it because I was so bored. <laughs> uh, maybe we should keep this uh, article for next week then. Okay, we can talk. We'll put it in the show notes because a lot of people will see it. But uh, we can talk about the finale of Mr. Robot. I, I assumed that you weren't going to watch it because you haven't watched them in several weeks. I, I, <laughs> I powered through to get this one done in time. Yeah. Well, you yeah. see, you know, you cried, cried robot too many times. And I'm just like, yeah, he's not going to watch it, kid. Okay. Well, we'll <laughs> talk about it next week then. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, some sad news as we started to record. Uh, it was just released that Monty Python star Terry Jones has uh, been, well, has revealed that he is a dementia diagnosis. Oh, man. Yeah. Terry has been diagnosed with primary progressive aphasia, a variant of science, science, science. Uh, this illness affects his ability to communicate, and he is no longer able to give interviews. Uh, so this sucks. Um, yeah, yep. thoughts with the family and uh, Terry Jones, obviously cultural icon, um, unbelievable talent. Go watch the Monty Python. Moron of the week. Donald Trump, Trump Jr. is rapidly in a race to become even more odious than his father. Um, I, I'm sure everybody has heard the story this week. Um, he uh, basically. Uh, he basically compared uh, human suffering and refugees to Skittles, to mm -hmm. candy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The bag does not fall from the douche on this one. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing is the follow-up on this story because he, uh, you as a photographer, Jason, I thought in particular would enjoy this. He uh, stole the photo of the Skittles that he used for his tweet. Um, and he stole it from a photographer who himself happens to be a refugee. Well done. Well done. Ah. Uh. <laughs> good job sir yes yes that's a that's a double double douche dare on that one. <laughs> oh yeah. man yes yeah, so hopefully he gets uh hopefully he gets sued for it i one would hope but somehow the trumps seem to get out of these things and it seems to be totally okay for them just to do whatever the fuck they want yeah and i love that I, I saw where was it uh skittles came back with you know a bunch of retorts but somebody actually posted the number that uh what your chances of dying from actually choking on a Skittles is versus <laughs> dying from a, a refugee terrorist. And it was like 3,000 to one for a Skittle and like 37 million to one for actually getting killed by a refugee terrorist. Yeah, but facts don't matter. Nope, nope. No. So uh, in related news, I want to point out a national hero, well, except for the fact that he's Canadian, so he can't really be an American national hero. He is a writer for the Toronto Star. His name is Daniel Dale, uh, and he has started a new feature. Um, he is posting daily absolutely everything uh, that he's chronicling daily, every provable lie that Trump said the day before. Oh, so something which American journalists seem to be incapable of doing. So it takes a Canadian. Uh, these are fantastic. Uh, and it's not, you know, there's, there's no, there's no political agenda. Well, obviously there's a political agenda. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no writing. It is not written as, Oh my God, can you believe this idiot? It is straight up factual. Here are the things that he said that are provably false. Yeah. Well, he's a Canadian and he doesn't want to have, you know, he doesn't want to be neighbor to the beast. Yeah, they don't want to build a wall to keep us out. No, they don't. No, they do not. They'd rather keep their money to spend on hockey and poutine. And maple cookies. <sighs> Next time. Are you kidding me? Love it. 
I think the Internet of Things has finally hit his nadir of stupid. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know about that, but this is up there for sure. This is up there. This is a real candle. A not, real? Not, uh, not like an LED candle. This is a real candle that you can now control with a smartphone app. You, you have the power of fire in your, in your iPhone now. Why? Yeah. Yes, you do. After you wirelessly pair using Wi-Fi. Yes, they were really called that. <laughs> that would, you'd think that'd be something that Amazon came up with for their their tablet line, but you'd think. Uh, no, this is a company called Ludella, and uh, you can light or extinguish the flames of multiple candles at once, complete with scene modes that can get just the right look for that special dinner. There's even a safety measure that automatically extinguishes the candle if it's in danger of tipping over. How have we made it all these years, Jason, without this thing? I don't know. I it's don't available know. for pre-order at ninety nine dollars. So you can control your fucking candles. Now, is this Kickstarter or is this a real thing? This appears to be a real thing. This is oh. a yeah, straight up. There You'd you figure this would really be a Kickstarter. <laughs> You'd but. think there's there's the uh, obligatory Kickstarter esque video that goes with it as well, which I urge you not to watch. Okay. <laughs> so you don't you have go. to tell me twice on that one. Close right. that window. Quick shout out today to Dave Remley, uh, fan of the show. Hit me up on Facebook, said how much you like the show, and thanks for answering his question on uh, Comment of the Week a little bit back. Yay. Mm-hmm. And uh, another shout out to Trent Hamilton, our uh, our resident app developer who may or may not ever hear this, but uh, go, definitely go check out Pupper. It's pretty cool, and I, yep. wish, I wish him the best of luck with his new endeavor. Yes. No idea how he's going to make money, but... <laughs> the one time I met him, he ranted about how he never wanted to do app development again. Yep. 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 All right. <laughs> runs run, runs in the jeans, I guess. Sounds familiar. Like the time I said, I'm never doing another fucking podcast. Yes, or I'm never moving back to Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. See you in two weeks, Jason. No, no. Uh, I am a bit thrown by the Terry Jones news. So shout out to all of Money Python uh, and in particular Terry Jones. Sad news. Um, I did not know, uh, as I quickly Googled, that he co-wrote the uh, Lumberjack song with uh, Michael Palin. So uh, put that in the show notes for your enjoyment. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and you can check me out at jpd.me, where you can find links to all my social media and contact info if you want to hire me for your podcast editing and producing needs. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. Grumpy Old Geeks is a partially fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars, or better yet, tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Apple Music. Or you can donate through Patreon to get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Stochansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy. And he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 178. I cut down trees over our hills, suspend his and a bride. I wish I'd been a girly, just like my dear mama. I cut down trees over our hills, suspend his and a bride.